Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, Jordan here with the Startup to Scale podcast. And today we're talking everything influencer marketing with my guest, Yash Shavan, who's the founder of Saral, which is a influencer marketing management platform. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Jordan. So would love for you just to give a quick 15 second overview of what Saral is and your work with that. Sure. So Saral basically came out of, I was managing influencers myself um, with a small team for a couple of brands. And we had a lot of problems with the current tool set that's available. They're either too expensive or just not as user-friendly and a bunch of other problems in the space. So I was like, you know what, I should do something to solve this because a lot of, I spoke to like maybe around 60 or so brands before we even started building this. And they were like, yeah, this is a problem. So I was like, okay, this is like way worse than what I experienced. So, cause I'm a marketer, right? But if you're like a, a CPG founder, for example, you might not know the space as well. So I was like, I need to simplify influencer marketing for brands. And I'll do that through my education, which is our blog and through our software tool, which is the tool that you spoke of. So Saral is like a simplification of influencer marketing. So, yeah. I love that. And especially because you came from doing it yourself. So you experienced the pain points firsthand um, and doing this for other brands and creating a solution to to make it better. Um, So talk with me about like, what's the current state of kind of marketing in general and why is influencer marketing a uh, something that every brand should be considering right now? Yeah, I think. I think a lot of people talk about the current state, but I like to go back to the fundamentals, right? So back in the day when there was no marketing, there was no Facebook, there was no technology, the only marketing that existed was word of mouth, right? So if your friends told you something or if your like, I don't know, neighbor told you something, then your colleagues told you something, you might you know consider it, you might check it out in the store, right? So now I think influencer marketing is simply just a version of that same behavior, except it's applied at scale. So it's word of mouth, but instead of one person telling three people, it's one person telling 3,000 people or 30,000 people, right? So it's just word of mouth at scale and it just makes sense to do that, especially if you have a brand that's worth talking about. Um, then, yeah, I think that's the that's my reasoning behind why influencer marketing works and why brands must do it is, is that I think it's the oldest form of marketing that exists. And if you right now in 2022 have the opportunity to do it at scale, it's just a no-brainer. And I think that scale piece is important because I, I, I like the reference that is like word of mouth, but at scale, I think that really helps to um, position it. Um, and it's hard to the, achieve that scale, right? Like if you know the person, you met them, then it makes more sense like why they might tell um, someone else about it. But how do you build up those impactful relationships with like an influencer or micro-influencer at scale because you lose that kind of one-to-one interaction. Correct. So multiple layers there and I'll deconstruct, right? So the key word that you said there is relationships. And the major mistake that I see brands making today is that they're just not focused on the relationship. They're focused on the influencer or the sales that they're going to get or some other thing apart from the relationship. But the main thing that they should be focused on instead is the relationship with the creator. Another thing you mentioned is scale. 
Um, I think a lot of brands kind of mistake um, influencer marketing that they have to do it on scale. They think that they need thousands of creators. But to be honest, they maybe need like 100 or 150, 200 creators at max, promoting them consistently. That's the key um, to achieve, you know, scale per se. Because if it's like, if you have 100 creators with an average of 50,000 followers each, you have a reach of like, you know, 5 million, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes it much more attainable if you only need to build up to like 100 or, or 200. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of brands yeah. don't even start doing it because they look at like Nike or they look at one of these pop Lululemon or these like big, big influencer programs and they're like, oh, I probably need like thousands of creators and we need to organize events for them and blah, blah, blah. But you can just build a great relationship with like 100 creators, which is fairly manageable, especially with like platforms like ours. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's doable. Well, I think the other thing that founders, the mistake that they make is maybe they'll reach out to like one or two people on LinkedIn or on, on Instagram that want to try their product mm -hmm. and maybe they give them free product and they have like one post and yeah. nothing happens from there. And so they yeah. think, oh, this isn't going to work for me. Yeah. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see companies making at the beginning? Um, I think biggest one is like focusing on transactions and not relationships. I think especially with also like with a lot, with lot of like the marketplaces and software in the space, they kind of enable you to do the transaction easily as you can quickly reach out an influencer or hire an influencer. It's just the worst statement that that uh, that is ever <laughs> to be spoken in the world that like you don't hire them like you have to work with them. They're like your treat them as your friend, treat them as your colleague who you'd nurture over time to recommend your product, not like, hey, I'll pay you 500 bucks, just post about me. That Because audiences also see through that. So that's, I think, one of the big, big mistakes. And that's honestly not the fault of the brand itself, but it's like the fault of the space in general. We just have had this connotation of, yeah, paper post, paper post, but that does not work anymore. I think that's saturated. So never, ever do paper post. And even, even if brands build, are good at relationships, the next big mistake happens in not engaging with them. So you will do like one post with them, two posts with them, and they might post about you twice, but you never like reach out to them again. You never engage with them. You never like send them new products or special notes or, you know, like extra freebie for their child's birthday or something like that. If you don't do that, then they're not going to post about you consistently, which is the keyword. So building that engagement, but it's kind of like, it's the same stuff as when you get a customer from, say, a TikTok ad, they might buy from you once or twice, but if you don't keep engaging with them through your email list and sending them that automated uh, stuff that you do in, say, Clavio, for example, you got to do the same thing with your uh, influencers or ambassadors, and you got to keep engaging with them so they keep posting about you consistently. I think those are the top two mistakes. One is like doing transactions and not building relationships, and two is just not engaging with relationships once you've built them. So, yeah. So along with that, like, what is your process of, of reach from reaching out to influencers to like building that relationship? Can you walk me through what your process is? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I call it the six-step system, the Saral six-step system, so it rhymes. But basically, the first step is, uh, I'd call it prospecting. So actually finding the right creators. Don't go after like bulk finding or like using some kind of a database tool to find influencers you really need to like find your top 50 best creators and do the actual manual boring work to find these people and then save them to a list and yes then move on to step two which is outreach 
right? And I think before I go to step two, maybe one of the best places to start for prospecting, you don't even have to use a tool. Like even like, don't even use Saral to be honest. Like just post an Instagram story. If you have like 500 followers, you can post an Instagram story and at least get five replies from people who want to promote your brand, right? It's as simple as it's the lowest hanging fruit. Like you could do it in two minutes, literally, like just record yourself talking and write something like, hey, we're starting this ambassador program or affiliate program. We'll share this much. If you're interested, just hit reply and see how many people reply. Right? I think you easily find like 10 or 20 people from there easily. So yeah, that's like step one. Step two is then actually reaching out. So if you're doing the cold process of like actually finding the right creators and, you know, saving their emails to a Google Sheet, for example, then you will reach out to them. The biggest mistake with the outreach phase is people just say that, hey, we want to work with you. Um, why don't you post about us for X fee? And this is like the theme. These are the keywords to use, stuff like that. Creative brief. That's another um, industry term that I hate. So you don't want to give a creative brief to a creator. They are the creator. So let them create what they want to create. Like let them give them the space to um, explore their creativity. Um, so yeah, that's that's step number two. Outreach with a focus on giving, right? So offer them, of course, like if you want to pay, pay for posts, that's completely fine. And the creators also deserve to be compensated for the effort that goes into creating content. But again, don't just lead with money. Right, lead with something bigger like your brand, like your mission. Nobody, I mean, you. I'm sure you'd find someone who just work for money, but you, that's not the kind of creator you want to work with. You want to work with someone who actually deeply cares about the audience that they've built and actually wants to give them and recommend products that are truly helpful. So lead with like a mission or a vision or focus on giving them free products, for example. So lead with a give, not with an ask. That's step number two. Step number three is actually deal making and negotiation. So there are like multiple ways you could do it. So you need to create what I call an influencer offer. Like what are you giving them? Are you giving them like just free products or a free product? Are you giving them free products, but also giving them a discount code site-wide which they can use? Or are you also incentivizing their audience? Are you creating like an audience discount code that they can like, you know, influencer 10, for example, for a 10% off. So that's like the structure of your conversations with creators. That's step number three. And you need to be careful of, how you do this and make sure that you're, you remain unit profitable when you're creating these um, incentive structures. Um, step number four um, is actually shipping. And this seems like a normal step, like, hey, yeah, you've got to ship them the product, but this is key. Uh, and most brands skip this. They're like, they just send them in like a cardboard box, which does not work, right? So you have to like personalize it as much as you can, especially for the first hundred packages that you're sending, send them handwritten notes, send them special freebies, add like an extra, send them a QR code on the box, which takes them to a personal video of you talking to them, right? Bunch of creative ways to engage influencers and make it really special, right? Because like they say, right, the, the unboxing is the only experience with 100% open rate. So make it count. And step number five is tracking the performance. So a lot of talk about influencer marketing ROI, but honestly, like the simplest way to track when you're getting started is to not complicate it, just use discount codes. Send them a note saying, hey, we created this discount code for your audience. Just ask them to use it. And whoever uses it, you know that they came through that creator. So there's a bunch of other complicated ways, but this is the simplest way to get started. You honestly don't need more than a discount code when you start. Um, and finally, step. So this is done, right? This like you could do these five steps and you'd be decently successful at influencer marketing. But step six is crucial, and this is what separates like the average influencer programs and the great influencer programs. 
And that is actually building the relationships, which is also something that we touched on early on, right? So, you know, keep doing collabs with them. You don't have to always like send them product and it's them sharing your product. You can like hop on live streams with them, invite them to your factory, do like a giveaway or, you know, just them give, give them stuff, right? So you got to treat them like they're your family and because they are, right? They are promoting your brand to their hundreds of thousands of followers potentially. So you might as well send them like free stuff and do, do good things for them. So yeah, those, those were my six steps. I can overview once. So actually finding the creators, make sure they're good, reaching out to them, lead with a give, um, do all the deal-making negotiation, create your influencer offer, make sure your unit profitable, step number three. And step number four, make the shipping experience great, make it as personal as you can at scale. And step number five, track performance with discount codes. Step number six, build the relationships. This is key. This is what separates the average from the best. So yeah, that's my process. I love that. And it's very straightforward, uh, but it requires some time. And I think that's where a lot of um, founders get tripped up a little bit because yeah. maintaining all those relationships is, is, is difficult. Um, and so, you know, it's it's good to like find a, a process or tools to help you to be able to do so, so you don't lose track of, of people. And yeah. I think that's why I was really excited about Sorol and your software, because it basically helps um, founders or teams to manage the entire process without having to just rely on your email inbox, which is really cool. That's correct. Yeah, we are the only software on the market right now that has a focus on relationships. Pretty much everyone else or like everyone else wants you to do transactions and make deals with creators or hire creators. We are the ones that puts the relationship front and center, not tracking, not dashboards, not numbers. And I know some people are going to hate me for not having ROI mm -hmm. upfront, but like the relationship is the ROI. That's your value. And if that, because relationships compound transactions don't, I like to keep, I, that's my mantra. Like I keep saying that. So we put that front and center and it's very easy to track. I mean, think about it, right? So there are sales organizations that have tens of thousands of deals in their pipeline and they track everything efficiently, right? There are tools for that. But there's nothing that allows brands to track creators like that. And we do that. Right? So it's definitely possible for like even one person or a couple of people to do it. There's just like not enough enablement going on from the tech side of things and even from the education side of things. So we're kind of solving for both of those things. I love that. In terms of finding um, prospects to kind of be influencers, do you find it best to find like existing customers and trying to get them to post about it? or reaching out to, you know, self-described creators who are posting videos already um, and trying to get them to, to post? So the lowest hanging fruit is just, like I said, post an Instagram story, post a TikTok, right? About, hey, we're doing this. Are you interested? That's the easiest way to get the ball rolling. But I understand if you're a new brand or if you just don't have that traction yet, then you might have to start with cold. And that's also fine. In that case, what helps is make the creator your customer first to send them a free product or give them a massive discount sell it sell them your product just for cogs right so you don't lose any money but you also are not making money off them right you give them that just say no expectations but you let me know what you think and if you want to promote this that'd be awesome so now they're your customer already that is the smartest way to do it right you just sell them for cogs so you're not even like spending any money to get them they are paying you so you're like net, net, no profit, no loss. That's cool. And then if they like you at scale, if you send, do this with like 50 creators. And if you have the targeting, right, if you're reaching the right kinds of people, hitting all the right buttons, following the steps, personalizing the outreach, personalizing the unboxing, everything, 
you will get like at least 20 people to say yes of those 50 if you do everything right so yeah it's it's i think in the early stages it's a bit difficult just like everything right at starting a company is difficult but as you grow it it systemizes and you know it scales accordingly so yeah do you find that it's better and you mentioned kind of sometimes that having a creative brief hampers the creativity that a yeah. um, a person has do you find it helpful to provide like examples of what creative could look like something like if influencers who are used to creating might have a better understanding of like what to do and how to talk about it but those yeah. who might just be a customer who maybe don't post yeah. on uh instagram as often or something maybe they don't they need some instruction um is there anything that that you find useful to provide that's right. Yeah. I won't call it instruction, but inspiration, like the initial word that you used. So yeah, totally. Like we are used to also sending like notion boards with other creators posts and you can like frameworkize it a bit. So if someone's like, let's say like a more, let's say your product is like a granola product, for example, right. And it's included in an influencer's morning routine, TikTok. So in that case, morning routine is a framework that you can give. But don't tell them, hey, this should be your morning routine. You should eat coffee first and drink our granola. Then, you know, do this, right? That, that's not something you should do. But you can always framework guys stuff and send that as inspiration for sure, yeah. I love that. And then one of my favorite uses of that content is requesting use to um, use it for your own marketing as well, right? Mm -hmm. Because the user-generated content or UGC is very yeah. impactful and draws in a lot of people from both TikTok, Instagram, Facebook ads. And so yeah. being able to utilize that content and ask for permission, explicit permission, and yeah. then utilize that content in, in advertising too, right? Exactly. Yeah. I think you, so a lot of people look at influencer marketing as like an ROI or a sales channel, but it's not necessarily just a sales channel, right? It's also a a channel that fuels all your other channels. So if you're running TikTok and Facebook ads, for example, you can use the creative. And of course, like you said, with the usage rights and you can pay extra for a 30 day usage, right? But the Facebook is not working right now, overwhelming me as I keep talking to more brands, but the brands that are successful at it are testing creative at a, at a volume that other brands are just not doing it. So good creative still works on Facebook. The only reason why Facebook does not work, quote unquote, is because brands are just not testing enough cre good creative. The best way to get good creative is to actually have creators make it because they know the market, they know their audience, they know how to persuade people um, and then use that as your advertising. And if you have like seven creators posting each day of the week, you literally have a, a creative a day being churned out. And if you can get like three or four of those as usage rights and add it to your ad platforms, that's amazing. You'll, you'll like crack it in a month, right? So influencer marketing is not just for sales. It's also for like, you know, making your other ch channels work. Yeah. One thing that I've even tested out was, um, you know, with a discount code for the creator saying, hey, we actually don't need you to have a giant audience because the content's what's really important and so yeah. create really great exactly. videos and then we'll actually share your discount code in the advertising and yeah. that way you can get compensated for us pushing out the ads but it's really you talking about exactly. it and you sharing your experience that's the most important part not just your audience exactly yeah that's really good and yeah i'm also seeing that with like that's i think very smart i've never heard of that before that's very good but I think nano influencers especially are really good at creating content. 
but they don't have the audience, right? So don't like, just because they have 2.5K followers doesn't mean that they're of no use to you. You can still, and like, especially on platforms like TikTok and YouTube, especially TikTok, they can blow up in like six months and six months, they might have 200K. So if you get them at 2.5K, you're, you know, you're benefiting. And if you have that relationship, that's, that's, that's perfect for you. So don't like shy away from, you know, working with small creators. Yeah, that's a good point. And I've seen too, where like, at least personally, I don't typically view that mean like older Instagram posts, but on TikTok, if I like someone's content, I'm more likely to go through and look at the rest of their content because I yeah. think TikTok's just generally more entertaining. And so, yeah, if you do have someone who is a little bit smaller, even though, you know, when they blow up or if that happens, then people will still go back and look at those older videos um, exactly. and you can get views in the long tail as yeah. well. What, one more idea, which is kind of like a hack for finding influencers is that if you're like lazy, you don't want to do work, create a new account. Or if you already have like an inactive TikTok, that's fine. Or Instagram works everywhere. Create a new account and just follow all like maybe the top 10 creators, top 10 hashtags in your niche and let the AI do the work, right? They will serve up new creators to you. You can just like, I, I just go to Instagram Explore. I'm like, okay, they're interesting. Save, interesting, save. Then I open it up on desktop and then I mean, Saral, we have a feature where you just paste their link and it imports all of their analytics inside your app. And I'm like, okay, saved this week. I saved like these 20 creators. I just add, add, add. And then it automatically comes into my relationship. So that's that's another, like, let the AI work for you. Right? So, yeah. yeah, I love that. And then, yeah, my other favorite tip with that is not used as much as often, as often now, but um, if you look on Instagram, you can look at the brand's tagged images and then see the exactly. influencers that are tagging them, because them a lot of those are creators who are doing content for them and you can yep. find their you know who's really good based on um their images kind of before you reach out to them you're like oh yep. i want content like that for my brand and you can look at yep. your competitors or just anyone in that space yep yep yeah i love that um any other final tips for for founders or things that you've learned based on your experience um i think yeah i think like word of mouth is golden. Don't do transactions, build relationships and keep them engaged, right? Keep doing good stuff for them. I think you just fall, if you follow these principles, I think you'd be great. And speaking of trends currently, I think, so I think every marketing channel kind of saturates over time. It's just that because influencer marketing is like I said, word of mouth at scale, which is the oldest marketing channel ever in existence. I don't think it's going to saturate. I think it's going to evolve and there's news. The paper post used to work three years ago now it doesn't work as well it will evolve and you have to keep adapting but if you keep adapting then there's no then there's no shopping it's not like you're at the mercy of a single big tech uh, you know regulation change and now your entire brand is dead right if you have these 100 key relationships you can literally switch to a new product <laughs> tomorrow and those same creators will promote you right because you are like launching new things you're serving the same people so yeah that relationship is key so don't don't miss on that but yeah one more question I want to ask, how often should you be re-engaging with the creators? Is it every two weeks, every month, every quarter? That's a good yeah, I think I think that would depend on the what's called like a at the cycle of your product. Like how how often do people anyway buy? If you're say a granola pack that ends in a week, then you might want to engage weekly, right? Or twice in a month, something like that. But if you're like a long-term purchase, let's say something that people do once in six months then you might want to engage. So it's like product to product, but keep them engaged is what I'd say because their audience keeps growing. Sometimes some people don't see the post. So it's always better to do it more often than not. 
and the audience will tell you if it's saturated. So if you make it look like an ad in the, I come from the marketing direct, 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 direct advertising kind of world. So in that Ogilvy has this concept of an ad disguised as an editorial in the old days. So they, they, instead of publishing it in the ad section of the newspaper, they'd publish it like among the articles and they write it as if it's an article, but it's actually an ad. People take that more seriously. So you can use that same concept, but in influencer marketing, don't make it look like an ad or a product. I think a lot of brands do this. Like it's just like an influencer, like a with a can here is clearly an advertisement that does not work. Like, you know, make it a recommendation, make them talk about your brand values and like the broader picture. I think that truly works and that helps influence the audience as opposed to, you know, just doing influencer stuff. I love that. And what I want to do too is end with with your mantra, which I really like: relationships compound, transactions don't. And yep, so exactly. take that forward and and build relationships and maintain and put energy into those relationships, and they will deliver back to you. Absolutely, nailed it. <laughs> Yash, thanks so much for being on today. Thanks for having me on, Jordan. I hope I was helpful. <laughs>